Looking for some new podcasts to listen to? Well, Rat Sound Review Network has plenty of shows to choose from. Like Rat Sound Review, where they discuss the latest rock and metal news, as well as interviews and albums. Album versus Album, the King Diamond Podcast, with Wayne Noon, Greg Noggle, and sometimes this guy. Smack him a gob! Ralph Vieira is also on our network with the Vieira Vault. There's also Old Man Metal's Musings, where he discusses heavy metal and beer. Music is Life with Lou Mavs. The Right Opinion for Those Who Love Politics, a South Park podcast called Suck My Balls, The Infinite Fringe, a watch-along wrestling show called Beyond Bushido, Extradivarius Guitarist, The Timo Tolki Podcast, and The Great Harry Barnett with I Don't Even Like Podcasts. So check out RatSaddleReview.com or search Review on YouTube, Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and more. So in case anyone's curious why this is the intro, it's because I just showed Wayne and Nate the footage from the Scumdogs at the Universe Tour, the video that they showed behind them when they were playing Black and Huge, and I think I just traumatized them for life. No, I'm, yeah. I find that fucking hysterical. It, it's hysterical, but it's very... <laughs> I've seen Gross. Two Girls, One Cup. That's the real version of that. Yeah, that's the real that version. That's going to disturb me. Yeah. Well, I know Two Girls, One Cup is probably not available on YouTube, but Black and Huge is, so go watch it. <laughs> go watch it and you're, listen, you're watching and listening to the Rats Out Review Network. <laughs> There's what your intro, Wayne. Spectacle is on tour. Soon they're coming to your town. And now MTV is running a Gwar-sized contest. Send in your postcards today and you could win the chance to sacrifice your daughter to Gwar. I wonder who that could be. It's war! We've come for your daughter. (laughs) We've never won anything before. Where's the girl? (laughs) She's upstairs. Follow me. But then she says, and I'm like, (laughs) your whole family will be picked up in a limo and driven to Guar's show. There you'll be the toast of the evening as your very own flesh and blood is honored on stage. And we'll even throw in free commemorative t-shirts your family will cherish for years. So send your postcards today. And who knows? Your little darling might end up as...
you. We are on part two of Guar. Guar. Guar part two, Electric Boogaloo. What I like about this book is it has, what do you call this, a lenticular thing? What do you call that? Where it moves. Ripley's believe Holographic? Holographic, yes, thank you. But it has like three different versions of the band. It has like the scum dogs and it has the, um, uh, what the hell's the other one? Scum dogs. Was that the hello version? No. No, the hello one ain't on here. But it has the, the new guar and then it has like two other versions with Brian. Oh, that's the beyond hell version. Uh, yes, it might be the beyond hell version. Yes, that's what that mm. is. But that's a very cool cover. <clears throat> so, that's anyway, very cool band. Very cool band. One of the greatest bands ever, Guar. Violence has arrived. First comeback album, Violence has arrived. One of the first modern thrash albums to be released of the yes. modern of metal started during the Bush administration. Two thousand one was the breakout year. This is going to be Nate's Nate's era of Guar. This is what I know. This is this is what you know. This is where you started. Guar is extremely relevant in all of this. Because not only did Municipal Waste put out their first release that year, so did Ghoul and Toxic Holocaust, I think. So that's really the start of the modern thrash movement. And they all toured with War extensively. Ghoul, really? they all still tour with War. Really? Yeah. You find them at every barbecue, so. Yeah. Well, also, too, what happened with Guar is they started to do less of, like, um, like a lot of the art students that used to work with Guar. They kind of lessened that a little bit on when they started back up again. Um, I guess just to get away from the silliness. And, and then also, too, a lot of the people, like you mentioned on the last episode, Lou, a lot of the people retired from the band. Uh, Slimestra Hyman and uh, a couple of people. Executioner uh, and... Sleazy uh, P kind of left for a while as well. And uh, Hunter Jackson. Yeah. So it kind of almost like starting over again. Um I don't, when I, I, saw, I saw this album, I said, oh, shit, a new Guar album, thank God. It looks kind of heavy. I mean, it's a really great artwork on the front cover. Yeah. And you can just tell by the front cover, this album has to be brutal. Because I, I've never seen Guar this this brutal, you know, like in, in, like on like an album cover or something. Usually it's been like goofy or whatever. But with this, you could just see that it's just, they're just here to really, uh, they're more about the music on this album, I'm going to say. There's mm-hmm. no, there's no stories really. There's no like, nothing. It's just, this is just music on this album. Yeah, uh, I can tell you, I can tell you right now that at the time that this came out, um, you know, on Metal Blade Records, uh, Roadrunner, Nuclear Blast, um, even Relapse at the time, they were coming up with some, you know, great metal, ba- great metal bands. You know, especially Metal Blade, um, Nuclear, and Relapse. And I felt like Metal Blade was at the top of that heap. But the thing was, though, that Roadrunner was the biggest name because at the time they had uh, Cold Chamber, who I despised, still do to this day, Um, Fear Factory, Slipknot, and Nickelback. So at the time, Roadrunner was the one, they were the ones who were selling the most records. But, you know, again... Metal Blade had this one band out of Richmond, Virginia called Lamb of God who was making waves in the metal underground. And to me, all it took was this album by Guar to say, you know what? 
Metal Blade's doing it right. Yeah. And Guar did it right. So kudos to both of them. I wish Drake Records for early 2000s labels, first of all. But um, yeah, Guar really did do it right. It's. Fuck, I forgot the other thing I was going to say. Um, yeah. I mean, Relapse Records can never do it right. All they do is profit off of Death Loop. Uh, right. Well, it seems to be the thing going on. Relapse, where every all day. great bands go to die. <laughs> but when I first it, saw this Gore album, what were you saying, Lou? I was going to say, I like the way they repackage the uh, Razor albums. Because they were all released on Relapse. Yeah. Or re-released on Relapse. Yeah, I think I have that version of Violent Restitution, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like Relapse. I mean, at the time, they had, like, uh, you know, 2001, they had Dillinger, they had Amorphous. Um, yeah. I was happy with what Relapse was putting out, but to me, it's just Gore coming out with Violence has Arrived made me say, you know what? Got to give them another chance. They stepped up their game, so. Yeah. I never gave up, though. I always stuck with Guar, no matter what. Even oh, though I didn't give up on them either. It's just yeah. you know, it's like, right. you know, they 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 teetered downwards and then they went right. back upwards. I did stay with them. <laughs> Don't think that. Yeah. Well, I one person did, got and then, into them at the bottom of the curve, dude. Yeah, one person did one give of... up on them, and then on on the show, who our usual co-host is Greg. Shame on you, Greg. That's why he's not on the show today because he kind of got out of Guar. He got out of Guar? Yep, he got tired of Guar. You believe that? One simply does not get out of Guar. And that's what I said. I, you're I love Guar. So, fuck you, Greg. Oh, I didn't <laughs> say that, Greg. Winged it. <laughs> but, actually, when I first saw this, I said, alright, great, new Guar album, put it in a CD player, in the car, and I was almost like, what the fuck is this? I honestly did not like this Guar. <laughs> I don't know you anymore. It's not the best of the new ones. It's not the best. It's better than the last four albums. Right. It, it was better. Well, it was better than the last two Guar albums. But one thing that really bothered me was the the production on his album is god yeah, awful. Production is terrible. Terrible. You can't hear what Brocky's saying whatsoever. The music seems a little too. It's just too, everything. It's just too much music. I, I don't know. The, just instruments aren't aren't mixed correctly. I don't know what it is, but everything it just sounds like a big wall sound. What? Early two thousand sound wall trip like trauma. Yeah, it's just too much, and everything's all loud, all loud, all time. Um, and also too, it lost a lot of the worst. Obviously, you know, because this is a brutal, brutal Guar album. There's nothing whatsoever to be funny on this album, even though some of the lyrics are funny. But you really can't tell because it's like buried in the mix. And I was missing that. There's no catchy choruses. There's no catchy... There's no none of the catchy Guar stuff that I really loved about Guar on this album. And that's what really hurts me on this album. To listen However, to it. they still play Immortal Corruptor to this day. So yes. that's a song that stayed in their set list. Right. That is a great song. That is the best song off this album. But, um... I mean, I always found the violent aspect of Guar to be funny, so ramping up the violence, I find hysterical. Yeah, I could see going to the concert and then doing songs over this album and then acting all the stuff out on the stage. 
it'll work that way. But listening to it on the album and trying to get that vision in your head does not work for me on this. I don't know. It reminds me of the self-type, the, you know, Exodus by Exodus. No, I, I that don't remind me of that cool. But that this album is probably my least favorite Guar album. Really? Yeah. After We Kill Everything. I at least like I at least like one song off of We Kill Everything. <laughs> you don't even like Happy Death Day or Bloodlust. I they I they uh, it's just I don't even remember them. I, I just they just are not memorable. Too. Huh? The song of words I like too. Oh, that yes. was a weird one though. Yeah. But uh, we did play Happy Death Day on uh, our college radio station because. I think I actually did not have any curse words, so we were able to. Which one's the one where he's like the history of Gore? Which one's that where he's like re- talking about the history? Is that the last song? No, song? the Song of Words. Oh, yeah, all right, that's the only one I like. But I don't even like it that much because it's, it's it's not memorable to me, not at all. Yeah, but it's like better than. It's better than the last two albums, yes, and. Music's why it's it's heavy, thrashy. If you want like heavy and thrash, you're gonna love this album. But if you 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 want to hear some catchy stuff from Guar, like you would normally hear, it's not on this. Yeah, it doesn't have the hook. It is a bit stock as far as thrash goes. Right. I would say that they hadn't really read rediscovered their like hook, you know. Yeah, it's just completely. Dogs is thrashy as hell as as well, but that's right. Not- catchy shit on. All the catchy shit is on there. And, and with that, we give it the rating of, I give it a seven and a half. Um, I give it a seven and a half because it showed the direction that they were supposed to go. And I guess you could say it was baby steps towards what would come next. Yeah. Which Nate, I guess we could say was amazing. We're moving on to War Party. War Party. I'm War not even going to the other one. Fucking awesome. War Party. And I, I agree with Nate, too. This is where they finally realized, yes, you can do the thrashy stuff, and yes, you can throw the catchy stuff in there as well. And uh, really technically proficient, too. Yes. Um, the 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 way they were like really thrashy, very technical on this album, too. Like the oh. cross sticker. I mean, that's a total ripoff of uh, Megadeth. Oh, and the title track too. How that's just groovy as hell. Yeah, of but, like the fill, just the bridges on that are awesome. Bring back the bomb. Yeah, like that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm, I'm going to agree with you on this. They finally got their shit together on this one. Uh, it was hysterical. I love yes, that, that is a good one. I mean, uh, Womb, of the, Womb of the View is probably my favorite track on the album, but you gotta, you know, I would say the three best songs on here for me are Bring Back the Bomb, Womb of the View, and uh, I really enjoyed Fistful of Teeth, because it was a, it was a good experiment, and it was, it was the first time that they, that they dedicated a song to somebody live, um, after Dimebag Daryl was shot in Ohio, yeah. um, video was um, posted on YouTube, um, Guar performed this song as their encore without any makeup uh, or without any costumes, and they performed this as a dedication to Dimebag, which I thought was really cool, and that's why I think it resonates so much with me because Dimebag's yeah. one of my heroes. Yeah. You didn't like War? You didn't like the song War Party? 
War Party's a great song. I think it's their best song like that until, like, Beat You to Death. Yeah. Oh, you know, another thing was uh, that I wanted to mention with uh, uh, Violence Has Arrived. On the insert on the back album cover, they actually revealed who was in the band. Like, with the real names. They never oh. did that before. Yeah. And I thought that was very strange. I don't know why they did it. So they actually have uh, Dave Rocky, Mike Dirks, Brad Roberts, Casey Orr, and Zach Blair on there. God damn, Lou. You are spot on. I know my shit. <laughs> Fucking nerd. <laughs> Thank you. By the way, the significance of, so of War Party is that it's the debut of the character Bone Snapper. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Who is not a turtle. He's a cave troll. <laughs> but on this tour, he was Bar's oh, bitch because he killed him every night. He's a turtle. He is a turtle. The goddamn it's, turtle. He's Gamera. It's, Come on. It's, it's, he's Gamera. <laughs> he's got Gamera's fucking head and teeth. You think he's not Gamera? Come on. When they all I know it's not easy being green. War fighting Gamera is great. I thought they would have a picture of him in the album. He looks like Gamera, and he sounds like Godzilla's son, Minya. Quack, quack. <laughs> but, yeah, I... always tells me to dress my feelings. Oh, my God. Don't quote Godzilla's Revenge, please. That movie steals <laughs> me nightmares. That movie is a treasure. It's so awful. It's so dumb. It's the Grindhouse film to end all Grindhouse kaiju films. <laughs> <laughs> But I was very happy with the and it was their first album not on Metal Blade. It was on a New York upstar label, DRT, DRT, who went bankrupt by the time their second album came out. Yeah. Oh shit! There was something else that um, there was a good thing that it's oh uh, crap! It's, uh, oh, I think DRT. I'm trying to remember now from the book when they got like you just said they the uh, they went bankrupt. And as they were, when they signed, they were supposed to re-release some of the older albums, and then they would that would give them, you know, the right the rights to the albums. And then somehow something got screwed up. It was something in the contract or whatever, so that something got screwed up, and then they it ended up not happening. Mm. Which is which is why they had to release the uh, live from Mount Fuji, which wasn't really from Mount Fuji. No, it so was, was from. I forget where it was, but it was definitely somewhere in the states. Yeah, yeah, some some place I, I can't remember. Mount Fuji, Nebraska. <laughs> probably, probably. And a big, big respect to the guitar, t- uh, guitar team of uh, Mike Dirks and Corey Smoot. Yeah. Who, yeah, they, they... Who I would say it was definitely the first ever, like, real Guar guitar lineup. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's they're like... a fucking underrated guitar team. Yeah. No disrespect to Pete Lee, but. I mean, Corey Smoot was flattest. Yes, yeah. yes, he was. Uh, like we said earlier, it is, that war has now finally gotten back to kicking ass. And after that album, they put out Beyond Hell. Uh, it's. I love it. You it's do good. not love Beyond What? It's good? This is probably my favorite Guar album of this, you know, the second uh, wave of Guar. I mean, it's awesome. It was, it was produced by um, uh, Devin, Devin Townsend. Townsend, yep. And you can tell uh, he definitely had his uh, his hand in producing that because, you know, that's him on Tormentor and uh, Back in Crack. Yeah. And those are two of my favorite songs from Guar. 
So sure. I'd, have to, I'd have to say that this is my favorite Guar album of the 2000 to 2009 era. Yeah, I, I think so too. Uh, just to, the production itself is just very crystal clear. Everything is it's heavy. The production is great, yes. Uh, I mean, it's, ama- it's amazing how Devin Townsend produced two of my favorite albums, that and um, Natural Born Chaos by, by Soil Work. So that's oh, really? a good set. I mean, War is always great. Tormentor. I mean, back yes, War, Tormentor is awesome. The Ultimate Bohab. War is over. We know. Go to Hell is a really cool song. Cool, too. Eighth, 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 oh, I can't pronounce this. Eighth Lock. That's a really cool one. Yeah. School's Out, probably not my favorite Guar cover. No? No. It's. Actually, it's probably my least favorite Guar cover because it's their least funny. Like, I, I like Guar covers to be, like, inherently funny. Like, that's why Carry On My Wayward Son is so great. Or even better, the West End Girls cover. Car is awesome. <laughs> what would you say? Them covering Get In My Car by Billy Ocean. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, that was funny. Uh, but uh, I, I love the, uh, actually, I love the. Um... The booklet on this one too, because it opens up into like this whole big thing here, like this big cross yeah. looking thing. Then it has like a big uh, poster, like a lot of their albums have. I don't know, this album just—they uh, put a lot of work onto this album, I think. They did, even to the characters Jitler and Jusifer. <laughs> yeah, they did a lot of good shit on this album. One of my favorites. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say, what would I rank this one? I'm going to give it this one like a, an 8, at least. Uh, mm, you know, 10 for me. 10 for me. 10 for you? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it's definitely... I can give it an 8. Or maybe... Yeah. A, I, mean, I don't know. I can give you a war party a 9, though. I forgot to look at that. That's all right. We're not really rating them. We're just... I know. <clears throat> yeah, I'll give that like a 7.5 to an 8. Yeah. yeah. It's a good one. That's one of my favorite ones. Um, what the hell's next? That would be I... Lust in Space. Lust in Space. Lust yep. in Space. Fuck yes. Now, the album say... cover and homage to Love Gun from Kiss. Yes. And um, their return to Metal Blade Records. That's right. This now, again, to me, a Nate... Now Nate disappeared. Where'd he go? Oh, there you are. <laughs> oh. Um, Nate, you say you love this album. I fucking love this album. This fucking this album's a great balance of like not heavy, but just like motorhead type shit and like the humorous part of Guar. Like it's not their heaviest album, but every song is catchy as hell. There's some good ones on here, but I, I love Let Us Slay. The Uber Club that's, is cool. Yeah. Under God is cool. The title track is cool. I love Lords and Masters. Metal Metal Land is by far my favorite song on this album. Yeah, is, I yeah. fucking love Metal Metal Land. That's in my top five favorite Guar songs. Yeah, the lyrics are some of my favorite Dave Rocky's ever written. Prince of Peace is cool. I love Where Is Zog. Well, that one I think is stupid. Where Is Where Is Zog? <laughs> I love I f- a Child Cry. <laughs> yes, I feel like this. Is, I feel like this is the album that should have been between. Um, America must be destroyed and war party, you know, because it, I think it's actually their perfect blend of, you know, uh, metal 
and comedy. Mm. Yeah. It's, it's really the one called New Guar. But Let Us Slay is a brutal freaking song. Is, I love I it. I love that song. It's an awesome song. And it's probably their best video in just like wacky shit that got actually made into TV, you know? Yeah, that was on, that was played on Headbangers Bowl a lot. That and War Party, I remember. Oh, there's a picture of yeah, when it returned. But it's, that's also the start of the whole Guar comic book kind of stuff <clears throat> too. And I always thought it fit yeah. well. I mean, I've got the Orgasm Again shirt. So, did you get the comic? No, I don't have the comic. Uh, I was gonna start getting them, but I knew it was gonna be just like comic after comic every week, and I was just like, no, I'm not gonna do that. Read it online. It's, I don't need the extra shit around. Yeah. The only extra, the only extra Guar thing I have, I have. Uh, um, I don't know what company it is. So I don't. I don't have. They're all way over in there in the corner. But uh, they put out two figures, and it was Guar, uh, Guar, Odorous Arungus, and uh, Bolzac. Cool. So. Yeah, I I love Lust in Space. I'm giving this <clears throat> a nine as well. See, <clears throat> to me, I don't know it. There are good songs on here, but this is it started to dip down again for me, especially coming from Beyond Hell, which I love that album. This one, for some reason, started to dip down with the the songs a little bit. Beyond Hell for me, it compared to this one, but it also didn't have the brutality of like War Party. Right, I know. Well, that's that's my thing though. I don't like the too heaviness of Gore. I like the in betweenish kind of stuff. See, I like it when Guar does extremes, though. Like, like as long as the music's good, I like. I love the comedy of Guar, but Guar when they go brutality, it's always good. Yeah, sometimes. Uh, Bloody Pit of Horror, my favorite Guar album. Really? Yes. Well, I will say this: that album definitely brought Guar to some kind of commercial uh, prominence because they went on Jimmy Fallon's show when he was on the Late Show to promote it, where they did Zombies March and Hail Genocide. Yeah. And Fangoria um, actually, uh, they were the ones to debut uh, the video for Zombies March, and I like the album a lot. Is it my favorite of the Smooth uh, Dirk's guitar lineup? No, but it doesn't mean it's a bad album. Um, I thought that the guitar playing on it was amazing. The fact that they actually used eight-string guitars for the first time ever, right. that was that was pretty cool. I thought they did a great job on Zombies March. So I would say that this is my favorite opening track on a Guar album. Yeah, that's a good one. It doesn't quite beat Ham on the Bone for me. As far as no. Nothing, nothing's going to beat Ham on the Bone. Is, well, I love zombies, so I'm biased. Send <laughs> off for Corey Smith. This is a great fucking album. But I love every song on this album. I think Really? Tick Tits is some of the most disgusting <laughs> that Dave Bronke has ever written. Some of those disgusting shit. I love it. <laughs> I heard a rumor though that Corey Smoot wrote these songs not to present them to uh, Guar, but to do something different with them. And what happened was it just ended up working with Guar. So really? I heard that. I heard that as some uh, as a rumor somewhere. The Litany of the Slain is cool. It kind of reminds me of Mermaider by Death Clock. Mm. Which, if 
if Dave Brocky hung out with Brendan's Paul, that would make all the sense in the world because I can hear Death Clock on Battle Maximus as well. But you um, know, it's, it's a shame we never had a a, a, a Death Clock Guar crossover. Yeah, exactly, they're meant for each other. I would, I agree with that. You have all this fake blood flying around, and Death Clock needs their giant screen. Right. You want to get blood on that. Uh, <clears throat> lyrics on Tick Tits. Um, well, have you seen her tits? When they're covered in ticks, it's shit like that that makes monks shag their wicks. <laughs> Say, have you seen her ticks sucking on her tits? Not even dog tits are better than this, unless, of course, they are covered in ticks. <laughs> I'm like, he, he says it so. You know the funny thing so is, at, 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 at Brocky's funeral, uh, Michael Bishop came out and said that when they went to the '92 Grammys, um, and Dave Brocky was like a huge geek, sci-fi geek, Dungeons and Dragons geek. And Bishop totally threw him under the bus, mm. and he said that at the '92 Grammys they ran into um, Patrick Stewart. Mm. So from across the room. Brocky yells out, Jean-Luc Picard, as I live and breathe. <laughs> and apparently Patrick Stewart got a kick out of this, laughed, and yelled back at him, someone should do Shakespeare. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, I thought that Brocky is the consummate entertainer performer. Yes. You know, because he, 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 he knows how to get a reaction. Mm-hmm. And and he does it. He did it with finesse. He did it with yes. I said finesse. Oh, he yeah. did it with ease. He did it like it was second nature to him. It was. There'll there'll never be another Brocky. Kip, even though this is a Casey Orr song, "Beat You to Death" is like the best Blothar song in my opinion. And Michael Bishop does it fantastically live because for some reason. Casey Orr sounds a lot like Michael Bishop. Not too far. I mean, yeah. I mean, I could see each doing like their songs. Michael Bishop, like off of um, off of Battle of the, or Blood of the Gods. He's, he's, for a while there, I thought it was Michael Bishop because they thought it was him. But beat you to death. I love that song. Just that ending of "I hate you, I hate you, I hate you, I hate you." It's fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Speaking of more comedy, You Are My Meat is hysterical. Just Then you become shit and expelled out my ass. <laughs> by the way, we didn't mention that uh, Beefcake, the role of Beefcake was played by Todd Evans in um, for War Party and Beyond Hell. And I thought he did a great job, uh, but then he left Gore to do his own project. Uh, Nate, do you remember the name of his... Uh, his band? I don't fucking know. Oh, okay. Let me see if I can find it. I think I remember it. I, I should have it somewhere. I did. Keep talking. Too, too many bands to go through. But uh, my thing of Bloody Pit of Horror, I, again, coming from Lust of Space, where it was already starting to dip down again for me, this album dipped down again for me even more. I just listened to this the other day just to get a refresher, and I couldn't remember liking really any songs on this. Really? <laughs> yes, I mean, there's... Uh, the Zombies March. It was okay, but it was kind of weird because why is Gawar talking about zombies? A, a zombie song, really. Because Gawar, vampires fucking suck. We know this. 
Zombies are totally guar. They're diseased. They're stupid. They I know. People, gory. But it's perfect for guar. It's a good song. It was just kind of weird to me. Hail tick, tick. is awesome. And none of these songs really do it for me at all. I Mobile Death Camp. That's what it is. Mobile ah, Death yes, Camp. Yes, I've heard of that. Yep. You really didn't like You Are My Meat? I don't really remember it. The slow song. No, I don't remember it. Because it's just, I don't know. That album just doesn't do nothing for me. Litany of the Slain is awesome. I love it. Because they just describe every way they've murdered every celebrity up until then. Mm-hmm. Just the lyrics, Paris Hilton fucked a donkey. <laughs> but uh, the unfortunate thing about this was it was the swan song of Corey Smoot because unfortunately right. he died of some kind of uh, I think it was cardiac arrhythmia on yes. route to Canada in his sleep when they were on tour so I can only imagine how hard that was for them it's like here's their guitar player here's their friend their brother their fellow scum dog passed away on the bus it's like and you know the sad thing is and you know uh Ballsack brings this up in their cover of People Who Died that his wife was pregnant at the time with their first child, their daughter, uh, little Corey. So it's um, it's a shame that, you know, he never got to see his baby born. So little Corey, we love you. And uh, rest in peace, Corey Smoot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, died after the reopening show of First Bad Beer in Minneapolis. So. Really? Yeah, the the and, closed for like a couple of years. That's like the bit. That's like the CVGP of here. like wow. Lamore of here. That's the big. Oh, you mean First Avenue, Avenue in Minneapolis? Yeah. Oh, that that, that, that the the Purple Rain was shot they, there. They played the reopening of First Ave. They were the headlining band. That was mm-hmm. for the last show. Yeah, and that that concert's actually available on YouTube, so you can watch his last performance, oh, which wow. is nice that it's there. <laughs> But I heard uh, Brocky was very, very broken up about his passing because they, you I guess, could they, tell. yeah, they were really, uh, really, I guess, pretty tight with each other, you know. Well, it was that, that was like his little brother. I mean, re- remember, Brocky at the time was uh, forty-eight. Corey was only thirty-one. He was the youngest member in the band, mm. so um, and you could tell in interviews and performances, you know, after that, you know, you could tell he's kind of hitting the bottle a little hard. Um, during the concerts, sometimes you're thinking, is he going through the motions? Is he slurring through the words? Mm. And if you, if you watch the Axis live concert, um, you know, and he's doing the vocals, it's like, wait a minute, I can't decipher, decipher what he's saying. Cause mm. most of the time, even with the mask on, you can tell what he's saying. Right. But this is like. Uh, I don't think so. Like I saw Yig, sounds like blah, blah, yeah, blah, blah, blah. you know, like <laughs> that's not that's not horror of Yig, right? Yeah, I wonder. I don't know if when I guess I when I did see Guar, I don't remember what album it was for. I don't remember if Corey Smoot was there or not. Might have been after he died. Might have been for Battle, which is next Battle Maximus. Battle Maximus. Um, but yeah, when I saw them, like you said, it sounded. I really could not tell, even with uh, the song "Sick of You." He wasn't really singing the song. He was just kind of Not shouting out words. The, the, looks, yeah. the syllables. Yeah, which was very strange because I, I just figured, you know, I've never seen Gore before, so I just figured it's, it's, it's loud. The music is loud, and, you know, you can barely hear Brocky to begin with with the mask on, so I just figured that. But now that you mentioned that, maybe that's that could be why. I don't know. 
But even in the uh, Battle Maximus thing, they have a little tribute to uh, Corey Smoot in there, and they have, you know, about his album at the time, which was called, his solo album, When Worlds Collide. And I guess you can maybe still buy it somewhere. Uh, and I don't know if you could still donate, but uh, metalblade.com slash Smoot Family Fund, maybe if it's still around, you can donate to the fund, I don't know. Yeah. Bloody but, Bit of Horror, that's my Ted Moore album. I fucking love that album. Really? Well, oh, you started with it, so. Strikes every note for me. I know I mentioned uh, in the previous episode that uh, America Must Be Destroyed, that was the first Gore album I ever bought. It's the one that's the most special to me. But I think I could say that Battle Maximus hmm. is my favorite Gore album. It's really? a fucking awesome album. Madness at the Core of Time is like my second favorite Gore opener after Ham on the Bone. I mean, when I've heard that, I was like, wait a minute. Like, this sounds like a band that's hungry again. Mm. You know? And the title track itself, the instrumental, I mean, you had, you know, former Flattus Maximus has come back to um, pay tribute. You have Pustulus, Fred Ferguson, who does such an amazing job. I mean, have you seen his videos on YouTube of him playing? He's amazing. Like, Mm-mm. I'm seeing H- hands down my favorite war <laughs> guitarist. Uh, Zach Blair cool. came back for that. I think even Mark Morton of Lamb of God actually cut a solo on that album. And Todd Evans, the former Beefcake the Mighty, came back and helped out on that track. So it's it's this, the title track itself and the album itself as a whole, a wonderful tribute to Corey Smokes. And it's a testament to the Van Gogh. And it's like, if, to me, it's them saying, you think we're down. But we're not. Fuck you. We're here, and yeah. I love them for it. Right, and like as much as I love and adore Corey Smoot, it's like, and he brought Guar back to life, basically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He did. It's just husty. It's he fit Guar. His star, his style is perfect for Guar, even more so than Corey, because it's dirtier. It's a little more erratic. And it's got, like, that Pantera-esque tone because he uses a Dean Razorback. He does. I think his main guitar at one point was the War Ghoul. I forgot who made it, though. Yeah. But, um, you know, this is this is someone who said his, his two favorite bands are the Ramones and Motorhead. Right. Perfect for Guar. Yes. Okay. And, I mean, I loved him in Cannabis Corpse before Guar, but, like, oh. in, in Guar, he's fantastic. And he's totally in the role, too. He's yeah. totally, he's just as adopted to the role as, like... I mean, he's not... He hasn't been as pusty as long as, you know, Dave Motorist or Mike was Beefcake or Blothar, but... Uh-huh. Well, just, also, he, you know... It's like, the early 2000s, too. Blothar's been around for a while. He was also friends with Corey, and right. Cannabis Corpse opened up for Gore before he joined the band, when yeah. Corey was still alive, so... You know, I'm glad that they chose him. Well, yeah, and I've seen that, of course, I, mean, I know, because landfills in municipal way. They're, mm-hmm. they're a bigger, you know, the band that's at least out and touring outside of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Opening What's your opinion on it, Wayne? Again, still, it's okay. 
uh, a lot of stuff. I, I really actually have to listen to this album again because I, I don't remember a lot of this stuff. I know Amanda's at the core of time. I remember that song. That song. <clears throat> well, again, but, I think the biggest problem with the album itself is the production of it because it right. sounds a little compressed. But the songs, I think, you know, hold up. All the side. That's brutal. Oh, yes, I remember that song. Yes, that song is a good one. I remember that one. Which one? I, they Swallowed the Sun. Mm. Yeah. My Bone Snapper is great. Mm-hmm. Right at Birth is I great. Know, I don't know why I can't remember a lot of these. I like Triumph for the Pig Children. I just listen to this. That's how terrible I am sometimes at some of this stuff. Fallen was interesting. Like, yeah. they went somewhere that they didn't go before with that. And uh, the the final song on the album was actually uh, the tour uh, they released, that they, they, they went on after Odorous passed away. And that's what they opened up with, mm. uh, Fly Now. They opened up with that. It was a video montage of Odorous flying through space. I think it was footage from the Lust of Space video or something. And, um, you know, it was a touching tribute to him and a nice way for the fans to say goodbye to him. Because then after that, Blothar came out and took over. Yeah. But like, as you already mentioned now, this is, uh, this, I guess, the swan song of Odor Saranga says, you know, he passed away. How much longer after that was released? I don't, I don't think like it was that uh, long. It was March of 2014, and this came out in September of 2013. Yeah, so it, wasn't, yeah, it wasn't that much longer after it was released. Yeah, um, public service announcement. Don't do heroin. Why? <laughs> as you could tell, it makes a lot of great albums. No, it really doesn't. Okay, but you know what, though? I never... I would have never thought of Rocky as a heroin addict. I never did either, but then going back and, like, realizing what a lot of the lyrics and and stuff was about, I could see it. Well, I mean, but I thought that, like, most of that stuff was in jest anyways. Like, I didn't think they really smoked crack. And they probably don't smoke crack. Probably not. What Michael Bishop said is Dave was not a regular heroin user. Mm. So he didn't really know what he was doing. Yeah. Fucked it up. So a lethal dose was just what took him. Yeah. You know, uh, and and that's a shame. I mean, I I know that um, if you do a, a drug like cocaine, like if you do a certain amount of it when you're in your 20s, and you do the same amount of it 30 years later, it's going to kill you because your body won't be able to take, it won't be able to withstand that much. Right. You get that information from any medical website. So I can't even think of, you know, the compound amount that Brocky injected into himself that took him out. And like, I remember I was fucking heartbroken when oh I found God. out about this. It, it, it killed me. It was... Probably, probably my. Oh God, the 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 most. Uh, how am I supposed to say this? Uh, out of all the musicians that has died, his affected me the most. I think. Because we grew up with him, right? And just watching all his videos and just seeing that now all of, you know, the the things that he has done over the years, that I you know like you just said since I because I've grown up with him. All that, all that stuff's gone now, you know. It's it, they'll never be as funny ever again, right? You know, yeah. And that's that's what kills me so much because he he is Guar, you know. It, obviously, you know everybody in the band is Guar, but 
Dave Brocky is Guar, and Guar just will never ever be the same. But hopefully, they stay on forever. You know, because after Brocky died, and you know, Mike Bishop came back as a vocalist and everything, and they put out the uh, what the hell is this called? Blood of God. The, the Blood, Blood of, of Gods. They put out the Blood of Gods. Great album. Great album. It's a great album. It is a great album. Uh, I can actually remember a lot of the songs on this one because a lot of it is catchy. A lot of songs are different from each other. It's, it's a, a rock and roll album. Yeah, my, it's not a um, thrash album. What? My songs go to Viking Death Machine Fuck This Place. Yes, Fuck This Place is a very excellent song. El Presidente is a great song. That's a good song. Death uh, Diggy Dunk is hilarious. Phantom Limb. Love and, it. Uh, great, That's song. great song. That's a Tribute to Brocky. So it's a it's an awesome, awesome album. I'll be your monster. I'm not a fan of the song, but the video is hysterical. Yeah. And also they've been getting back to their antics. Like remember when they went up to the um the top forty charts and demanded mm. Blood of Gods be placed on the top of every list? Oh yeah. <laughs> like the hip hop chart. They came get into the elevator as Michael Bishop's like shoulder antlers are too big, <laughs> like that. I love it. By the way, um, so uh, Jameson Land took over the um, uh, the beefcake role from uh, Casey with uh, Battle Maximus, mm. and the funny thing is, at the time, Guar was uh, entered into a licensing deal with Mount Baker Vapor, who created uh, vapes yep. for electronic cigarettes. And when I, I mean, I do the blues now, but when I was doing the uh, cloud vaping, let me tell you, those guar flavors were amazing. The uh, my favorite was the I can't believe I'm going to say this, the Jismoglobin. <laughs> of course, you'd love that one. Chocolate beef cake, which was it tasted like chocolate cake. It was amazing. Yeah. Um, and uh, bloodbath, which is a fruit punch. So um, you know, and I remember for a while they were. Um, you know they were they were endorsed by Mount Baker Vapor. They were a sponsor of Barbecue for many years, and uh, I don't know if they still have the licensee deal with I, them. I still now. think they do. I, last time I checked, they were still on the online shop. Not that I vape anymore, but it, I was curious. Well, that was a that was a great license license product for Guar. I think that actually garnered them some uh, extra revenue. So what good stuff. Me off? Though is that they can get all these great licensing deals with like all these weird fucking things, and they still can't fucking get patches at shows. Like goddamn, they really don't have mm-hmm. patches. They had a sign up that said, "We have no patches. Don't even ask." <laughs> I'm like, bro, I That's love weird. this band. I already have two shirts. I want something else. There's got to be bootleg ones, though, no? Ain't there? Yeah, and there's old You probably make them. Too, but, yeah. you know. But uh, wait, what they really do need, and because uh, I'm a big collector of figures, I need Guar figures. Oh, if they come out with Guar Funko Pops, I'm definitely buying five copies of Ballsack. Trust me. <laughs> I got the two statues, but uh, Odorous doesn't really look that well. And, I, uh, I need something buying better. Funko Pops until they at least give Slayer a drummer. <laughs> Literally, the oh, Slayer Funko Pop set is Terry King, yeah, I know. Hanneman, and Tom Araya. Yeah, yeah, that's Terry King is. Uh, what the fuck? 
Like, there's not even <laughs> Paul Bostaff, let alone Dave Lombardo. It's like fucking Metallica one, where it's got, like, old 90s jams. Right, 90s yeah. 90s Lars, 90s Kirk, and then, like, Rob. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'd prefer Cliff, but they could have at least had the decency to put Jason there. Yeah, they could have something. Maybe they well, yeah, the collectible set. Well, did you did you guys see the Rush Funko Pops that were released? Getty's nose is huge. Really? Well, <laughs> I'm just like, of course, I'm just like, of course, they had to give him a huge nose. Um, but getting back to Guar. Yes. Uh, did you think they were going to continue after Odorous died? I mean, he always said that the, the band's going to continue on forever because anybody He's been saying that concerts. since "Where Are They Now" in 1999. So right. yeah, I'm not surprised. You know, I mean, it, it makes sense for them to retire characters mm-hmm. when they passed on playing a significant role with the character. I mean, yeah. you know, Flattis, they re, they retired Flattis, they retired Odorous. So yeah, it makes sense that they would continue on. And I think that's okay. It's not like... Yeah. I, I mean, if there's one thing I have to say about Guar, and this is going to sound insane, but they are probably one of the more ethical bands that have come out because they well, I think they've always done things the right way. You know, like, yes, up until Corey came in, like, you know, you played the character. Mm. But... The 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 thing about that era of war from 2004 till 2011 was that they owned their characters. Corey was Flattis. Flattis was Corey. Yeah. So I give them all the respect in the world for saying, you know what? To honor the guy that we lost, we retire the character. We move on. We move to the, to the next one because we don't want to cheat the fans because yeah. they're not stupid. They know. It's also so, way harder to do with front men than guitar players. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so they do that. Plus, the fact that they've been the, the one band that's never—and I can—I can say this beyond a shadow of a doubt—never overcharged their fans for tickets to their concerts. Right. And that's yeah. and that's something that they've um, they've had in their ethos since day one. You know, even going back to uh, the Scum Dog days. Mm. Yeah, and you know, I I give them all the credit in the world for sticking to their guns, being successful at it, and just doing things the right way. So yeah, I'd I'm not surprised they continue, and I'm happy for it. I'd pay fifty bucks, but I pay half that. Yeah, like fuck, man, yeah. for the production effort they put yeah. in, they deserve it's, like yeah, yeah. bucks. You know, day. yeah, you know when you go to a gore show. You know, when you go to a Gwar show, you're going to get a good show. You know? right. And you're, you're going to come out not the same way you went in either. Usually a pretty right. good lineup, too. <laughs> what? I've never seen Gwar with a bad lineup, either. No. I mean, one of the first Gwar show one. wasn't the best, but Ringworm and Harry were okay. Last Gwar show had the best lineup. That was, like, Sacred Reich and, like, Toxic Holocaust openings, so... Mm. That, that was, was cool awesome, and against the grain, but they were only okay. I don't know who opened up from when I saw them, but uh, that was a really cool show when I saw them, and it was the last one of the last shows that Brocky ever did. So, well, that I ever saw. Never got and to it was, see Brocky, but I love Michael. Yeah, no, that was that was cool seeing Brocky, and I, I didn't want to go in the front. My, I was with a friend, and of course he had to go in the front, and he he came out. He was fucking completely drenched from head to toe, and oh, I said, "There's no." Proper. 
I said, there's no way you're getting in my car. <laughs> yeah, thanks stay out in the streets, get out of my car. Yeah. tradition of going to the gas station and getting weird looks from the fucking yeah. cashier. The, the cool thing, I don't know if they still do it or not, but they sell, at the show I went to, they sold a white shirt. And yeah. then when you, when you, you know, so they still do it. Yeah, when you get shot with the stuff, it it um, comes out on the shirt. Like, the design, there's a design that's on the shirt. And when oh. you get shot, oh, they didn't have that. No. Oh, really? Yeah, so, like, like. Dumb dog shirts, so, you know, you can see it splattered. Oh, no, when it's just a plain white shirt, it looks like. But then when you get shot with all the stuff, an image comes out onto the shirt. That's cool. Yes, that, that was By the way, do you know, yeah, do you know cool what? Yeah. Do you know what makes up the uh, contents of what they spray into the uh, audience? Isn't it Kool Aid water? No, it's a seaweed powder. Seaweed powder. It's a seaweed powder that. So, before people used to think, "Oh my God, like, how did they get away with like you know staining everything like uh, blood red? Like you know what kind of you know." Uh, uh, concoction are they using? Is it the same blood that they use for like movies and stuff like that? No, they're smart. They they um, what yeah. they do is they buy seaweed powder, food coloring, add water, have 150 gallon pressurized tanks, you know, behind the stage, or they're pressing onto it. So yeah, it gets all over you, but you can just wash it out. Right, it's washed. So yeah. this, like, I had to rinse it out because yeah. I didn't want a pink boybot patch. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's really cool that the way they do that. And uh, oh, one thing I did forget to mention though was that uh, you know when Brocky was in the band, you know he made it a point to really support uh, Richmond, the, the Richmond, Virginia scene. Even though he said he hated it, he, he tried to give like people who were into it for the art of it, you know whether it was music or sculpture or film or whatever. He tried to give them the time of day. Yeah. So. You know, when I heard that supposedly there was a petition to remove the statue of Robert E. Lee in Richmond, Virginia, Place with a statue of Odorous. Now, I'm not a political guy, um, but I love history. But would I want an, a statue of Odorous Urungus? Fuck yeah, I would. <laughs> what tall statue of Odorous Urungus in the middle of town? With I the cuttlefish of Cthulhu hanging between the legs. <laughs> It's literally clear two lanes of traffic and like the entire shoot. It's basically a centerpiece of the town shoots onto that fucking Robert E. Lee statue. It would be like, <laughs> literally, it would be like a giant. It'd be like those fucking Superman memorial statues in the comics, but with, with Rocky. It'd essentially be like that. That's how, you know, fucking out in the air perfectly aesthetically it would fit. <laughs> it would. It should be there because, you know. He's, he's you know Virginia, you know. It's what they're well, known well, for. Well, we Canada. That's right. Did you know that? By the way, did you know that he was born yeah, in he, Canada and adopted and moved to Virginia? Yes, yep. yes, I did read that in the book. Mm-hmm. Yes, I did. Forgot about that. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad you thought of doing this show, though. I, I give you credit. This was all your idea to do a Guar show. No, oh, I thank you. Well, yeah, you know, Guar has been uh, one of my favorite bands for a very, very long time. Um, I never had the pleasure of seeing them live. I would love to one day when they tour and when concerts are available again. Mm. And, uh, you know, I just wanted to spotlight a a group that I feel, you know, although respected and loved and appreciated, I think they deserve a lot more credit than they get. And, 
you know, the, the loss of certain members definitely affected me as a fan and as a musician. You know, I love Corey's playing. I love Dave Brocky as an entertainer. So uh, rest in peace to them. Thank you to the effort of every past Quora member, especially um, Hunter Jackson, Daniel Stamp, and um, uh, uh, Chuck Varga. You know, welcome Michael back, Don Dracolich. Michael Bishop, too, even when he wasn't in the band, was behind the scenes a lot. Yeah. yeah. Oh, there was one thing. Oh, and I was going to salute the current bandmates. Yeah. Um, so that would be Mike Dirks, Brad Roberts, Michael Bishop, uh, Brent Ferguson, and Casey Orr. Welcome back, Casey Orr. And salute to Bob Gorman, uh, freaking uh, bone snapper himself. Yes. Um, well, I, I didn't think to mention either when after uh, Brocky died and there was like they started they got the band back together and they added a woman to the band. That was uh, Volvatron. That was Kim yes. Delia. So yeah. apparently, what happened there was um, so they went on tour with her, but apparently they said that her services were no longer needed because apparently, according to Brent uh, Pusty, said that. Kim was hitting the bottle too hard oh. and they said that it was affecting her performance and there is a rule you can drink but don't drink don't get drunk before you perform right. because then it just makes the show look bad right and Brent didn't Brent did not want to announce this on social media except Kim kind of brought it out on mm. metalsucks.net which by the way I fucking hate that website yeah fuck metal sucks Metal cups is more like it. Um, Hashtag got him. <laughs> so um, that's what happened there. Right. And, um, you know, look, it, would it be cool to have a, a woman in Guar? Absolutely. What, Daniel what, Stamp set the blueprint. What Daniel, Daniel set the blueprint. Right. Now, you, I think anyone who fulfills a role as a member of Guar has to step up the game. Mm-hmm. And if you're just there for the sake of being there, sorry. Yeah. That's what it seemed, kind of seemed like when she joined the band. It was just like, it was kind of like they didn't know what to really do with her. And it was a little strange. They I was interested to see where it would have went. But... What's that? They did that Pet Shop Boys cover. That was all right. Yeah, that, was, that wasn't that was bad. That was all right. But it's like, yeah, it's, yeah she wasn't the right pick. Michael no. Bishop, 100% the perfect pick. Yeah, yeah, they, they couldn't have cho- chosen him better. He's the only person who, in any kind of leadership role, who has the musical talent to front Guar. Michael Bishop. Balsack's a silent character for the most part. Balsack's been silent since like the Gore Gore music video. Yeah, yeah, but he is. I, I, I do love him. Uh, Balzac is my favorite. Balzac's my favorite too. Nice. It's like, but yeah, he doesn't talk very much. No. He'd be oh, cool, and, though, as a front man because he's like eight feet tall with the stilts on, you know. <laughs> Peter Steele height. Um, by the way, there was also um, I, I managed to actually befriend two members of Guar on my oh, really? Facebook. Cool. Um, Scott Scott Crawl, who oh. everyone remembers him as like the balding slave, or as he is most famous for performing on record, he was uh, Skullhead Face, oh. and. Uh, Matt McGuire, who is known for playing Matron, 
the slave with the mask that, and he also, he's uh sawboard destructo. So oh. big shout out to those two guys as well. Uh, yeah. Yeah, he's who always has basically a diaper on, on stage. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like they're one on stage roadie, essentially. Who's like in front, you know, yeah. you know, though, that, good. That's, I'm, I'm, that's the one, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah, they had the mask. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I didn't know. know if there were like fifty, you know, like roadies running around in their underwear with the same mask on. No, I'm gonna. Oh, that's not a really good picture over here. I don't know. I know who you're talking about, though. I love Thawborg. I love watching him fight with Thaw. Fuck yeah. Yeah. So, so since the quarantines are going on, Guar's actually been doing. Uh, every Sunday night, they do live from Antarctica, which is sort of like a uh, a Zoom uh, thing that they do where, you know, it's uh, CGP Martini hosting it. And, you know, Sawboard comes in. Um, Pussy does it. I think they just had... Um, Answer bad on uh, recently. Yeah, Blothar was just recently on it. And every week they speak with different musicians. Like, they had Tesco V from the Meat Men. As a guest, they have the singer of Cancer Bats. So uh, they're trying to get a lot done. Oh, and Jizmac does hilarious videos, by the way. Oh, yeah, I love his videos. I, I love that when he was trying to ride an electric scooter for the first time. He's like, I can't do this. He's like, <laughs> I love everything he does. I think he really gets the whole online outreach thing. Oh, he's he's great. And that, that video where he thanked uh, Dave Grohl for the kind words for Odorous, I thought that was class act. And and by the way, I Wayne, I know you're, you being a drummer, I don't know how you feel about this. I think Brad Roberts is probably one of the most underrated drummers that's oh, out yeah, there. He, everything about him, I, I I love his his what he plays, how he sounds, what he plays. He's just great. Yeah. Every he's every like every the animal was an actual thrash metal drummer. Yeah, no, he's insane, man. I, I hear some of the shit that he does. I'm like, I don't even understand it. It's just. Blows my mind some of the stuff that he plays. And he's not even a big doctor. He's like large size. Yeah. Uh, Are you guys frozen? A little bit. No, you are. Yeah. Well, okay. Sorry. That's all right. Um, Yeah. So let's end the show before the connection gets any worse. But uh, that is Guar. We love Guar. We hope for another album. And maybe we'll get to see them live soon. As long as all the. Yes. We need to see live shows. That's right. Wear the masks. You know what? If uh, um, Wayne, I know we live in the same area. Well, not in the same town, but we live in the same state. Um, if Gwar ever comes, we should see if we could try to get an interview with them for the show, or at least a station ID or something. Well, I'll something. I hit myself, dude. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. I mean, I know I still know some people at Metal Blade, so I'll see if I could uh, see if I can work that out for us. Yeah. Let's see what happens. So you heard it here. If I don't deliver, they're going to stick a three-foot uh, double-sided dildo up my ass. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> no, we will not. I love black and huge. <laughs> we don't do that kind of stuff around here. Rat Salad Review. Oh, dot thank com. God. Okay. <laughs> but we do sell T-shirts that you can buy. And you can also hear Lou Mavs on his show, Music is Life. And you can also subscribe to Nate's uh, band, Major. No, Malfunction as a dysfunction. That's the show. What is your major dysfunction, boy? 
And uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, subscribe. Hit the subscribe button, please. We're almost at 400 subscribers. Maybe by this time this, this episode is up, it'll be 400. We're at 393, I think, right now. We're going to lose yes. subscribers when they see the DRI episode, I swear to God. Probably. We'll lose subscribers once I stop doing Timo Tolki. <laughs> uh, so, yes, like and comment. And, uh, Wayne, thank you for taking my idea and uh, making a two-episode uh, Guar retrospective out of this. Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah. I had a blast. Thank you for having me. A lot of fun. So we'll see you guys next week. Adios. Goodbye. Cheers. Ha! I got you. We didn't leave yet. Look who's here. Greg. It's happening. You finally showed it. up. Sort of, yes, finally. I'm sorry I bad-mathed you on this, uh, the beginning of this episode, but uh, forgive me. That's okay. I'm not going to watch it anyway. So. <laughs> I figured. I figured. Yeah. So I figured I could just get away with saying anything, and you wouldn't know. Yeah, well, I mean, unless you tell me what you said, I probably won't know. <laughs> so. I don't remember. I just thought it was funny. Well, I I highly doubt it was like something horrible where I wouldn't want to do the show anymore. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, I, no, I don't think it was that bad. Who knows though? I don't know. You millennials. Nah. Well, you millennials. Well, are. well, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. You know, if if if, uh, if it was coming from Nate, I'd believe it. Just uh, especially after uh, you know summer camp there, but. <laughs> No, I would never say nothing that bad. Yeah. <laughs> ah, I still can't believe that. But anyway, yeah, no. Um, fuck. My mind just went back. Oh, yeah, talking about Gore. <laughs> so, well, I guess you guys pretty much covered their whole career. I'm not we good. covered every album pretty much. We didn't go through, like, the DVDs and stuff like that, but we just added, like, you know, concerts and things that we saw and all the albums pretty much. Oh. Yeah. Well, I actually first discovered, I, I'm just going to do the story about Mike now because I actually met Mike Bishop pretty soon after I first heard of Noir. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, I can't remember if it was Hello or Scott. No. Um, my buddy Adam and his brother Jesse, my other buddy, they were watching uh, the VHS of Live from Antarctica oh, and okay. Phallus in Wonderland. I'm like, the fuck is this? This is ridiculous. This is, awesome. <laughs> this is completely absurd. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's I I love people trying to review Phallus in Wonderland like it's a seriously uh, major motion picture. <laughs> I, I've never seen it. I, I never I actually never seen any of the DVDs. I have one. I have. I found it the other um, day. Not there, but I, I don't know where it went. Phallus in Wonderland kind of has a loose plot connecting it, kind of like America Must Be Destroyed has a loose plot running throughout with the morality squad and all that. And um, Hmm. basically it's five music videos with some in-between scenes. Hmm. Yeah. One day I'll get it. What the hell do I have? have? Oh, there it is. Uh, The Rendezvous with Ragnarok is the DVD I have. I never watched it. I was going to say, I don't think I've seen that one. Um... Although I did, I did watch something very disturbing. What's that? 
uh, Lou showed me the, um, oh crap, what the hell video was it? Uh, it was for Black and Huge uh, original video. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep, yeah. I mean, it's not shocking, you know, coming from Guar, but uh, watching that, it's like... <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's not shocking because it's them, but uh, yeah, it's, it is what it is. Yeah, I I was telling my wife about it, and and she was just kind of like, "What the hell?" So I sh- I found the video and I showed her the video. And she's like, how, "How does anybody listen to this?" Well, you know, why would you listen to this stuff? <laughs> I, you can't take it seriously, you know. No, no, but you know that was the thing about it. Just re-listening to some of it too. Like I I have such good memories attached to the first few albums that I can usually spin them. W- but generally, I have to be in the mood just because yeah. some of the lyrics, it's like, like I said, it's almost like Kiss. It gets cringeworthy if you're not in the mood for it. Right. Yeah, but exactly. I like both bands. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So you met Mike Bishop. Yeah. So anyway, um, watching Phallus in Wonderland and Live from Antarctica. And then uh, well, I think Adam played me Hello, Scum Dogs, you know, shit like that. And then. I was watching a bunch of other different videos. I think um, Ragnarok, maybe, whichever one had Meat Sandwich on it. Yeah. They did that video, and I had seen that on whatever on TV, and that was pretty cool. But um, talking through, talking to Adam, because, you know, he grew up in that area in uh, Virginia and Maryland and all that during that time period. He was like, oh, yeah, fucking, um, hey, want to do something cool? We'll go hang out with Beefcake. I'm like, what? <laughs> he's like yeah, yeah yeah mike beefcake the mighty so we went up to his house and hung out with him and bullshitted um hung out with him a couple times just talking music you know smoked a little weed shit like that but uh, he gave me a copy of hello with the original comic book that was pretty cool oh wow yeah really? yeah but really neat guy really cool guy but out of costume looked nothing like i expected him to that kind of blew me away at oh, first. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I remember. I, I saw. I never saw him until uh, Brocky died, and then he was at the uh, the funeral. Yeah. You well, he would. Yeah, he wasn't in Guar then when. Yeah. The, right. When I met him, yeah, I think Casey Orr was playing bass from uh, Rigor Mortis. I think he might still play bass. I'm not really sure. Yeah. Because Bishop's doing Odorous' spot, but anyway. Yep. <laughs> yep, he's still there. But yeah, no, it's funny because I hung out with a few, hung out with him a few times. But uh, other than the first time I met him, we really didn't talk about Guar a whole lot. <laughs> <laughs> what you yeah, talking more about? about uh, just his influences and shit like that. Different music that we were into. A lot of punk stuff. I actually yeah. learned of quite a few punk bands from Mike because I mentioned how Hello was my favorite because it was so punk and crossover influence. I think. I think Mike Bishop introduced me to Agnostic Front, actually. Oh, come really? to think of it, yeah. yeah. Not that they're really punk, they're crossing, but whatever. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was him. So, that was pretty cool. And then, like I said, he gave me the record, and um, well, I just, you know, we weren't really friends. I hung out with him a few times. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, he was still, still cool. yeah. He was a cool dude, Now he showed me some old pictures and shit like that. It was a good time. And, uh, you know, it was neat here in the history. Well, now you can go online and read about anything, but it was neat 
hearing about like the history of Guar and how they started off as Death Piggy and the Slave Pit was originally making the movie Scum Dogs of the Universe mm-hmm. and Guar started off as the opening joke band. Yeah. 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 It's cool because I actually there's a book, um, that Let It Be Guar. So I was reading that, trying to read most of that before we were doing the show. And of course, I forgot everything I read. But uh, the few things that I did remember was was about how they started with the scum dogs thing, and 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 Brockley, Brocky basically stole all the costumes and made his own yeah. band out of it, and took the whole thing over. <laughs> yep. So that, it's pretty cool. So Hello's your favorite one, huh? Yeah, Hello and Scum Dogs. I like those two the best. They're pretty even, but um... eh. I don't know. I like I like the punkier edge to Hello the best. It's just yeah. cool. It's it's really a crossover record, and then Scum Dogs is pretty much all thrash, and then mm. I don't know. America must be destroyed. I like what they do with it, but there's a couple songs that don't particularly work for me during mm. certain parts. They tried to do a little too much, but I still like it a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's definitely one of my favorites. Like we were talking about, hello, because uh, I, 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 my first one was America Must Be Destroyed, and then, um, and then I think I got Scum Dogs after that, and then I just got Hello. I didn't even know Hello was out, and then I just ended up seeing it somewhere. I guess it got reissued by uh, Metal Blade. Huh. And, um, oh yeah, they did. They reissued it in uh, in '92. I yeah. think it was. Yeah, it was around yeah. the time I got it. And then uh, listening to it, I was just kind of shocked, as I told the other guys, because it was just such a huge. It, a huge difference from the the type of music they were playing, and even the sound, like how it was recorded and everything. It just it didn't even sound like Guar, you know. It was just weird. Yeah, I I suppose if you're like you know uh, America must be destroyed and that era and all yeah. that going back because I don't know Scum Dogs and Hello sound like the same band. Yeah, it's no, a little bit. So. More, it's I mean, a little might bit more refined, of, but yeah. But oh, as, come on, as far dude. As the... I'm, in lo- I'm in love with a dead dog. Could totally <laughs> fit anywhere on Scum Dogs of the Universe. Of course it could. Yeah. I'm, I'm surprised they actually never went back and re-recorded that album. You know, make it, uh, the production better and just you know, take and play the songs, you know, obviously the same way, but just make it sound better, you know? Or they probably wouldn't capture the same vibes that they had when they recorded it originally, but maybe they can make it sound better. But yeah, Hello was very strange, but uh, it grew on me. And actually, when I first bought it, I had it for a little while, and I was just like, I just don't really like it that much. And I made a copy of it on cassette, because back then that's when cassettes were still kind of big for me, because I really didn't have a CD player. And and then I just, I sold the CD off. I'm like, I'm not going to ever really listen to this ever again, because I, I just really don't like it. But then years later, I became a completist, and I have to own everything, so I ended up rebuying it, so. Hmm. And also, Two Guar is one of my favorites, so I gotta have. I gotta make sure I have at least all the albums, you know. Uh, I I have to say, I'll pick up Bloody Pit of Horror at some point. I really enjoyed that one, but um, I'm pretty happy with the five I have. Yeah. Have you heard the last one, the, the newest one? What isn't that Bloody Pit of Horror? No. Uh, the uh, what the hell's the name of that? It is. I am so terrible with remembering. Anything. Oh, the, uh, the blood of the gods. Oh, yeah. I did hear that one, too. Yeah. yeah. I just, I got confused which one came out when. But, yeah. No, those two I'll probably get 
end up getting at some point. But, um, you know, after Ragnarok, I didn't really care for most of their studio albums in that time period. I mean, I saw them live a few times throughout them, but. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's when we were doing the original show. That's how everybody was saying. Like after Ragnarok, I mean, as it t- started getting towards Ragnarok, it started the the musicianship kind of started to fall a little bit, and even the lyrics and some things just were getting like out of hand. I, I could tell with the band, and then oh yeah, after, after Ragnarok, it just kind of just went like all over the place. And even on one of the albums, Bro- Brocky barely sang half of the songs, and it just got kind of weird. Yeah. Well, you can you can really like hear the strain and hear it falling apart on Ragnarok. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the songs I like on it, I really like, and that's why I still consider it like part of that classic period. But mm-hmm. it's not even as good as the two that preceded, and even this Toilet Earth is a little. Eh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's another thing we were saying too. Is like hey, we liked half of the albums on, on those two, so. Yeah, and then there, well, I don't know. I I I hesitate to say that they're necessarily bad songs on "America Must Be Destroyed," but there's there's just a couple things that don't particularly work for me, huh. and I I can't remember the one song I'm thinking of right now. I'll have to look it up later. Morality, Morality Squad. Um... Can't be. Can have you seen me? That's that's like a classic gore song. No, that's not it. I, I don't, don't know. know. I, don't, I don't know what I, it could be because uh, that's like almost a ten for me. Nah, I'd have to fucking look it up. I don't. Uh, Gilded Liddy, poor, poor old Tom, rock and roll never. Uh, I don't know, read it in beginning from first track to last. Uh, Ham on the Bone, Crackin' the Egg, Gorgor, Have You Seen Me, Morality Squad, America Must Be Destroyed, Gilded, Gilded Lily, Poor Old Tom. I think it's actually the title track. Where yeah, it's, it's just, uh, it's just uh, music and then there's like uh, sounds put in throughout it, like uh, things taken from movies and I guess new yeah. I I hate that song. Like instrumental album that yeah. I don't that that one ruins the whole flow of the album for me. Yeah, I like uh, that. One. Poor old Tom has a couple of parts in it that I overall I like the song. There's weird little sections on there where like I said, you know, it's kind of the kitchen sink record for them. Mm. What about the road behind cuz uh, Nate had a problem with that song. Was not really? I love The Road Behind. I think oh, yeah. it's fucking hilarious. And a great <laughs> idea. It's an awesome song. I don't know why he he really didn't like it that much. I mean, they did exactly what they set out to do, but the the funny part of it is, musically, they really made it sound like a fucking power ballad. Right, right. And And I thought that was brilliant. I mean, you can see, like, Bad English or Firehouse or one of them other fags doing something like that. <laughs> You know, yeah, like like Nelson, the Nelson brothers. There you <laughs> go, just total late eighties, early nineties over excess. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Not with the same lyrics, but yeah, right. obviously. So, yeah. but um, I I noticed that looking at things online because it's funny because the few things that bothered me, you know, some people and really Guar is performance art. 
I right. feel like the the way they go so deep with it, it and it's very similar to Alice Cooper, but um so I expected people to be looking at it on a deeper basis and oh yeah, I didn't like like the little technical things that irked me. But no, mm-hmm. most people just hate the road behind. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. strange. That's a yeah. good song. Oh, the lyrics are funny, but it's like they can't stand the fact that it actually sounds like what it's supposed to mock, and that's the right. joke. Yeah. Like, if the fact that it sounds like a power ballad bothers you that much, just shut up. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Uh, anything yeah. else you want to add? Um, everybody should see them live in the front row at least once, but mm. not my thing anymore. <laughs> No, no. I thought I thought it was cool the first time, but uh, covered in fluids, not so. Cool. <laughs> now, where did you see them? Do you remember? Uh, that would have been, I believe, that was Jacks down in Springfield, Virginia. Oh, okay. Oh, so that would have been really cool then. Right uh, in the backyard, pretty much. Um, yep. Yeah, wait. it was a fun show, hometown show. What year was that? Do you remember? 2001, 2002. It was right after they had that little break, I think you were talking about. Oh, okay. Back. Oh, yeah. so, yeah, all right. Now, do you, the stage, so the stage show was still pretty crazy. Yeah, pretty, yeah. Right. It was, yeah, and uh, the album was really over the top, too, which violence has arrived. Uh, I, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I want to say, yeah. yeah. And um, I've got good memories of that one just because, uh, you know, I saw them, I, I met Mike around that time and uh, listened to it a lot, but that album didn't hold up as well as no. I yeah. Yeah. had thought it did when I re-listened to it, I have to say. it's It's got some good points on it, but uh, I remembered it being a lot stronger than it was. Yeah, yeah, like because we, we, yeah, we discussed that too, and um, uh, Nate loved it, but... Uh... Yeah, it it was good for them to get back into doing the heavier stuff because, they, like I said, they got so silly on those last two albums before that, and then getting back into like the heavier music and uh, yeah. thrash like uh, stuff that they had on that album. But uh, yeah, just just they were just missing something like the there just wasn't no melodic things because Guar Guar has a lot of melodic things in there, in, even with uh, Brocky's vocals, with even with the guitar uh, solos and things like that. There's a lot of things that were missing out of that album. So, but they oh, after that, well, even that, even that I could live without. I mean, I I liked the return, the sound on it. It was just uh, out of the lot. A lot of the songs aren't particularly well written. I don't know. Right. Some of them kind of feel unfinished. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's it. And then the production was really bad. Uh, you can barely hear uh, Otis's uh, vocals on that, and it's just a mishmash of sounds, really. But uh, after that, they got they started getting back into the groove of uh, you know what Guar is about. So yeah, you know, it, it was it was good. Yep. Yeah. yeah, like I said, I really like the bloody pit of horror and blood of the gods. Yeah, the two newest ones. I I think I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I I read all this shit, and even you know we'll be talking later from now, and I'll actually remember something me and Bishop fucking talked about that's interesting, right. but right now I'm trying to think about it too hard, and I can't fucking remember. I can to write this stuff down. But uh, if anybody has any stories they'd like to share with us, please share them in the comments. And uh, I guess that's it. Is that it? 
Yeah, that's it. I got right. nothing else. All right, we got nothing else. All right, ratsoundreview.com. Once again, please buy a T-shirt. And uh, like I said, please write in the comments. Uh, find us on uh, Facebook and Twitter, rat underscore review. And we're also on Instagram. And YouTube, subscribe. Please subscribe to the YouTube. And because we... if you don't, our God is a God of vengeance and wrath and action. Our God is a Native American that turns into a werewolf. So do what we say, or the wolfen will come for you. Holy shit. Please do what you say. You do not want the wolfen here. You don't. All right. See you guys next time. Bye. Bye. What?